Hi there, I'm Robert Hurst, and I welcome you to podcast number four of Safe Zone. Let's roll. In the Safe Zone, we share ideas, actions, and practical tips to equip you with tools and peace of mind as you help create a safe and secure environment in your church or house of worship. Let's get into this episode of Safe Zone. I have a real quick question for you. If I called you this week and told you that something very bad might occur at your church soon, what would you do? Would you say, hey, Robert, thanks for the heads up and leave it at that? Or would you seek additional information from me? Would you analyze and change any procedures you're doing now, maybe modify actions or habits that you've seen at your church? Would you be a bit more watchful and intentional about interaction with people as they come in? I mean, who would you forewarn or would you talk to anyone? As of this date, it has been my experience that nearly all churches live and worship in a zone that carries the big label, might happen. I mean, that's, that's the label of everything, might happen, every time they attend church. That statement may surprise you. It may even offend you, but that's not my purpose. I, I really hope that what it does is it makes you think. Do you live in the, uh, it might happen zone, kind of flippantly letting it slide off and not really worrying about it? I mean, let's face it, we now live in a time in which the what used to be the inviolate church, in other words, the holy, sacred, nothing was going to happen, is now being violated with increasing regularity. And we know where this starts from. I mean, the Bible is very clear in Ephesians 6, verse 12, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, the obvious challenge for us as humans is that the manifestations of evil impact us in the physical world. So we've got to constantly stand vigil. We have to be ready to rebuff evil and to respond to it. Folks, most churches presently fall far short of the same. Here are three of the most common phrases that I hear on a regular basis after some type of bad news about a church safety incident or security incident makes the news. Statement number one, wow, I hate that it happened to them. They were such nice people. Or here's another one, whew, that's scary, but we're so small, that, that would never happen here. Or here's the other one, man, I'm glad that only happens in big cities or in big churches or big areas or fill in the big behind that whatever. In other words, it won't happen to us, it won't happen here. And another thing that we're faced with is that while some threats to churches are inherently violent, there are other hazards that often go unconsidered. I mean, churches frequently face weather events. Look at what's happened in the year 2019. They face power disruptions, um, traffic problems from things that occur in the area, or even regional occurrences that can adversely affect them in both the short term and the long term. Things like tornadoes that rip through an area or or hurricanes that come through, um, flooding. Have you ever considered what to do in the face of such an event? And by the way, I'm not here to talk about methods and processes in this podcast, but rather to discuss the mindset that we need to have about safety and security in our churches. Because really, there are three mindsets to have 
or that you might have regarding your church's safety and security. One is reactive or reaction. Number two is proaction or being proactive. But there's a third one I want to introduce and really encourage you to begin to think about called preaction or being preactive. Let me take a few moments and explain the differences here. Now, a reactive mindset takes the uh, just deal with it approach. You know, if something happens, we'll just deal with it. We won't worry about any preparation or whatever. We're big enough. We're fast enough. We're good enough. We'll just deal with it. And while there are certainly aspects of this mindset that can foment a really great can-do attitude, you know, gung-ho, get it going, it can also be an invitation to creating or really growing into a disaster what would have been a minor incident. So that's being reactive. And to be honest with you, most people are that way. Most churches are. Now, another mindset is proaction. Now, proactive people typically say, okay, I see the problem now. It's right here upon us. In other words, it's not occurring, but it's imminent. So let's, how many times have you heard this? Let's get ahead of the problem and deal with it before it gets out of hand. In all honesty, this is the mindset that probably drives most churches to initially create their security teams or their safety teams or whatever they want to call them for Sunday morning or whenever they're going to have those teams active. This type of mindset sees whatever issue pops up on the news or in the paper, and that seems to make things more realistic. It adds emotion to the equation. So preparations are made for whatever this singular event is that they get focused on. But let me introduce this third mindset. And before I do, let me, I need to give a bit of context and background so you'll know where it comes from. There is a wonderful book that I encourage you to get and read called Flash Foresight. It's by a man named Daniel Burris. And in this book, Mr. Burris introduces the concept of being preactive in our mindsets and preparations. Now, truth and balance, so to speak, the book was written initially primarily for business interests and activities. And in the book, which, by the way, is a very easy read, a very fun read, Daniel encourages businesses to become more preactive, not proactive, not reactive, to whatever marketplace forces they have to deal with. And as I read through it, I thought, what if we applied the same concept to church safety and security? How would that change what we do? For instance, instead of reacting once it happens— are being proactive, it's just nearly happens, or it's right there at the doorstep, what if we devoted time early on to answer this question? And the question would be, based on what is happening already around our church, what issues could we kind of anticipate might occur in the future? Doesn't mean they are happening, doesn't mean that they're imminent, but we see trends that say, let's at least pay attention and get a list of possible events, and then let's anticipate those events and review them, and then perhaps take appropriate precautionary actions before the event even occurs. Now, so you won't be confused, Daniel does note in Flash Foresight that the dictionary defines proactive as being the, quote, take charge, energetic, driven, bold, and dynamic, close quote. Frankly, these same traits could describe most of the safety and security activities in today's church as they begin to grapple with the apparent increase of violent or insidious events. In other words, their attitude is, don't wait, do something now, take action. 
And that's very admirable, but it's not really organized. And so Daniel notes that being proactive attempts to solve today's problems before they grow worse. Instead, what he notes we need to be doing is solve tomorrow's predictable problems before they happen. We need to take positive action now that anticipates future known events. That's being preactive. Now, proactive is good. Proactive may be agile, but being preactive is anticipatory. You're thinking ahead of the curve, way ahead of the curve. Doesn't mean you become myopic and just kind of focus in on this one little point. It means you begin to go, what if? And while there's no emotion, while there's no angst, there's no issue, you're preparing, you're anticipating. And as he knows, the alternative to living in a constant uh, mindset of being a crisis manager, which is being proactive, the alternate to that is to take initiative and become an opportunity manager. In other words, be preactive. And you look at this list and you say, okay, here is my opportunity to be prepared to manage some of these things before they even get here. Now, this means we've got to analyze and anticipate possible problems before they occur and then prevent them from happening in the first place. But you know what? It also gives us the opportunity to create change from the inside out instead of waiting and having to react to change and having to make that change from the outside in. So how do we do this as a church? How do we become preactive rather than just proactive? Let me give you a few simple steps to consider. Here's the first one. First one is to analyze your church safety and security as a 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven-day-a-week issue, not just a worship time issue. Don't look at it as though, okay, if someone's there, we think about it, but think about it as this is here, this is our property, this is our um, this is what we are custodians of, this is the resource the Lord's given us, so let's take a good look at it as a 24-7 issue. Now, here's the deal. This gives you a foundational mindset rather than a temporal mindset to begin working through the issues. You're thinking about starting at the very beginning and thinking it all the way through rather than responding in that emotional mindset that can happen. So first of all, take a look at it from a different viewpoint, 24-7. Number two, just do a little research. Look at the local and the regional crime statistics. Most agencies these days, law enforcement agencies, have some type of statistics online that you can get hold of. If not, there are sites at the FBI uh, website, and there are others out there. Um, There are other sites that have specific church details. And by the way, we're going to begin to have those sites noted on our website in the coming days, so you can check there to get some links to some great sites that can give statistics. But don't just look at crime. Take a look at weather patterns. What has happened in your area before? What might happen again? And then there's just the other concerning issues that may pop up, vandalism. Um, It could be a a crime rate of a certain type, maybe um, people that are using drugs that are beginning to move into the area, just things that are in and around your church. Now, in a rural setting, which a lot of you churches listening are in, Law enforcement officials are a great source of information on what is occurring regionally. In other words, they have to look a little bit further outside just their local small town because they are going to be impacted by criminal element moving through, pausing, or whatever. So number one, 
Look at it as a 24-7 safety and security issue. Number two, research your local and regional crime, weather, and other issues. But then number three, pull together a small uh, group of people that are invested in your church and just brainstorm what could impact your church. Now, I'm a little bit, uh, sometimes a little bit leery about this because brainstorm sessions, if they're not run well, can get way off track. You're not worried about the meteor coming in from Jupiter. You're not worried about the space junk falling out of the sky. We're talking about things, though, that happen all the time and could happen. And and what you do is you sit down and you brainstorm, and you do start, though, with list listing everything. And uh, I'll, I'll give you one and say even the items that appear goofy at first. And you get a list started. Now, one question I have found to be a really good guide to help you during these sessions is this. Here's the question. What events, and we can go ahead and say of any kind, could shut our church down completely for two weeks or longer? Now, if you'll think about it, that can be pretty significant because a lot of churches rely on people uh, being there regularly to have that pattern of worship. You have people that are visiting that if the doors are closed for more than two weeks, they may go on to another church. You have those that may be marginal attenders that if they come that one time and the doors are closed, they may not be back again for another six months or a year. And of course, you have the the challenge of tithes and offerings, a lot of which are still done and are collected at the, the church house door. So when you look at it, think of it at two weeks or longer, that could have a pretty significant impact on a lot of churches. As you begin to do this, it's always fascinating. You're going to uncover just a maelstrom, a myriad of hazards such as fire, maybe high wind events. Um, I had one church in a, a seminar that literally had had a major sewage failure on a Saturday afternoon that no one knew about till they walked in the church on Sunday morning. Shut them totally down. For not only that Sunday, but for at least one more as they had to um, get the sewage cleaned up, they had to rip carpet up, they had to get new carpet in. I mean, there are other things other than just major crime things that can happen that can affect your church. And you're going to look at these events, including, of course, the crime statistics from law enforcement and those other areas that tend to preoccupy our minds sometimes. Now, if you want to, if you want a little guidance on this, I've put a form on our website at www.safetoworship.com. Go to the Forms tab, and it will take you to a little work form that you can use to begin to list this and begin to put some actual uh, numbers and some thinking through how would this or how could this impact us. So after you've uh, analyzed it from a 24-7, you've done your research on on local, regional, weather, crime, etc., and you've got your group of people together, you've made your list, then you're going to take that list, and number four, you're going to prioritize the events that really could impact your church adversely by, by what is the worst to least, and you begin to build a plan to address these events. Now you're doing it preactively. For instance, you may realize that tornadoes come through your area every single year. And when you you do your research, you realize that over the last 10 years, you've had four different years where a tornado traveled within three or four miles of your facility. Well, obviously, that is something you really need to pay attention to because you're going to have um, people inside that congregation potentially on a Sunday morning, or you're going to have a church that maybe you need to make certain things are reinforced or maybe certain equipment is taken care of better. But you're now thinking about it 
well ahead of time and you're being preactive. Now, I do honor the fact that the method of prioritization may vary from church to church. In other words, some churches I've seen look at this list, and I have worked with some that actually work through the list, and they said, you know, we really, because of the way our finances are and how tight they are, we've got to look at it from a most expensive to least expensive, not just saying what could be the worst down to the least worst. Others may simply employ the method of what I call the most likely to occur as a guide per post. In other words, uh, tornadoes may be the most likely, floods the second one, crime of some type, maybe a third, whatever. But that's what that form is good for because it helps you to look through these issues without having the emotions in. And you get begin to get this preactive mindset. Okay, I've identified it. Now I can begin to work through it because that's number five. After you've prioritized these things, you begin to work through a plan methodically that you build until you get a reasonable level of readiness that in your mindset, you're now pretty well ready. And by the way, a little aside here, this type of planning will help drive the training of your team too. I'll never forget one church uh, told me how they had never really considered the potential impact of a tornado until they decided one spring to talk about evacuating if something happened on a Sunday morning. And the team leader couldn't really get them to understand this is a little bit more difficult than you think. So he walked the entire team down to the auditorium, and he walked them into the auditorium, which had a limited number of exits. I mean, it had the ones that uh, life safety code required. But he said, okay, folks, let's assume that we just got a notice that a tornado is on the ground and within four minutes of striking this facility on a Sunday morning at 11.20 when we're in the middle of church, what do we do now? And he told me later, he said, you know, it was like looking at a bunch of people that had one of those great big aha moments. And it helped to drive home the fact that it's not just the shooter, it's not just the um, physical threats that make the big news cycles. There are other things that can have significant impact on the people in your church. So once you get this, you begin to work a plan and you work through it methodically until you get to a reasonable level of readiness. And by the way, your plans don't have to be a burden. Just keep it short and simple. Kiss. Keep it short and simple. Now, let me give you an example. Maybe as you do kind of an analysis of hazards, we go back to you realize that your area has severe weather in the spring every year, every single year. You're going to have at least a couple of significant wind events, uh, maybe a few tornadoes. So now you have this knowledge. Maybe part of your plan is you designate on those Sunday mornings where the weather is a little bit crazy outside. You say, okay, Tom, Sue, James, Betty, whoever, you are our weather monitor for, the, for that morning. You know, you monitor your weather app or maybe local media, if they're rapid responding to local media, for updated weather reports all the way through the service, especially during the service. And so if the weather looks like it's going to be rapidly degrading or a tornado is near or reported near, that person then becomes the point person to make certain that the right people are warned to take whatever safety measures you've put in place rather than waiting for the roar of a tornado that's about to hit your building to be the first sign that you may need to be taking kind of action. Now, let me tell you something about this. This kind of readiness does not occur naturally. You really do have to approach it with a preactive 
unemotional mindset where your concerns are identified, ranked for impact, and then you address them with appropriate planning. So this one's a little bit shorter than we've done in the past, but the point is be preactive. Go to our website, www.safetoworship.com, download your worksheets, and go to work. And by the way, drop us a comment through our comment sheet there. You'll have a, find a link um, where you can give us a question, give us input. We love to hear from you. Preactivity is going to give your people a greater peace of mind. It's going to give your team a new sense of confidence that they really are prepared But more importantly, it's going to give everyone a greater realization that your church really is striving to be a safe place to worship whenever the doors are open. Have a great week. God bless and be safe. That wraps it up for this episode of Safe Zone. Take what you learned here and help bring your newfound peace of mind to others by making your church a safer place to worship. I do ask two things of you. First, subscribe to our podcast by hitting the subscribe button in iTunes. And secondly, share our podcast link with others in your circle of influence. Hey, we're all in this together, so let's work together. God bless and have a great week.